Hey everybody, it's Will with Schedule Fly, and here we are with the Restaurant Owners Uncorked podcast. And we have a, a, a special guest today, uh, and I'm really, really excited to talk to Eric Cacciatore because Eric has the number one restaurant podcast uh, available now. And for several years now, he has been doing something very similar to what we're doing here. He's been interviewing independent restaurant owners, uh, and he has, he's developed what he calls a melting pot of mentors. And this guy has done nearly 500 interviews uh, over the last several years. He hustles, he works his tail off, and uh, he has a lot of fun doing this. His podcast is great, so definitely go check it out. Subscribe to it. Uh, if you like the stuff you're hearing on on our podcast, you're going to hear 10 times as much on his. So, uh, Eric, man, thank you very much for taking the time to wrap today. Oh, man, it's my pleasure. It's an honor to be here. I've been a huge fan of Schedule Fly uh, from the, the first day I started this. Your videos, a lot of what you guys were doing inspired me to get started. So thank you, man. Oh, you bet, man. You bet. Uh, so you've been – how many years have you been doing this now? It's a good question. Uh, it, time goes by fast. Uh, I think the, the original idea for Restaurant Unstoppable came into my mind around 2013, and I started, like, blogging around that time. I'm a horrible writer. So thank God for podcasting. Uh, so I transitioned to, I mean, the, the goal was always podcast, but I think my first episode went live uh, January of 2014. January of 2014. So, okay, so about four and a half years now. And um, yeah. why did you why did you start it? You know, I started, that's a loaded question. Um, I, I was a commercial pilot. I resigned from aviation because I just wasn't happy. I wanted to work in the restaurant industry, but I was $200,000 in debt because of school loans. And I realized that I kind of created a situation for myself where I wouldn't be allowed to work in restaurants anymore just because the money would never be there working in restaurants. I would have to own a restaurant to ever pay off that kind of debt. And even then, I would have to be good at what I do just because most restaurants fail. Uh, so... I, at this time, I was thinking to myself, if I can't work with restaurants or in restaurants, I want to work with restaurants. Uh, so I thought maybe I'll get into sales. I went back to school for marketing and hospitality. Uh, but sales was tough because I'm not the kind of person that can make you buy something that you don't need. That's not it's kind of against my character. Uh, so I thought maybe I'll get into wine sales because I feel like every restaurant needs wine. At that point, you're not selling, you're helping. Uh, so I, I got a job at a winery and I was in this the seller by myself, this was around 2012, 2013. Uh, I was in, I was in the seller by myself all day long. And I started listening to podcasts because of a professor who assigned us a homework assignment to, to find a podcast and start listening to podcasts. And I researched, uh, marketing, hospitality, and personal growth for topics. There were tons of marketing, tons of personal growth, but no hospitality podcast at the time. Um, and I started like listening to these entrepreneurial podcasts. And, you know, it just kind of came to my mind, you know, if, if I'm looking for this hospitality podcast, I can't be alone. There's people that are doing really well uh, with podcasting. Maybe I got something here. Maybe I can uh, use the podcast to, one, surround myself with incredible people uh, to learn as much as I can to one day open my restaurant, and two, to, you know, get some cash flow so I can maybe self-fund a restaurant someday. So that was kind of the original concept. I, that was a loaded answer i apologize there's some background information I felt like no, no 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 i love that i love that so 
then how, what did you do to get started? I mean, you, you, you go buy some equipment. How do you decide? Like, cause I mean, there's what hundreds of thousands of independent restaurants out there. Did you know people, did you have friends in the industry? Did you know people that, that own restaurants or how, what was your plan for going and finding people to talk to? Uh, so I got started, um, I was listening to this podcast, uh, Entrepreneur on Fire by John Lee Dumas. Uh, he, he does seven episodes a day. It's ridiculous. But he also put out a course called Podcaster's Paradise, which is where I learned how to podcast. So I spent about a year learning how to build a website and how to record episodes and building up the confidence to go out there and start talking to people. So when I first started, I actually started just knocking on doors in my community. I'm from, uh, luckily, I'm from a great food town or just outside of great food town, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And I just started knocking on doors and I started in my own community and I slowly just started uh, slowly leaking out. And I, I, I started in person and uh, then I started using more equipment, developing my skills. Uh, but it was just starting with knocking on doors. And uh, one thing I started doing to get people on the show that really helped was I started asking my uh, guests to call somebody out to think of somebody they admire and respect and then to call them out to be a future guest on the show. So now it wasn't me asking somebody to be a guest on the show. It was somebody who was already respected asking somebody else to, to be a guest on the show. And that's kind of how the, the, the momentum has built. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's a great way to do it, man. Um, are you, and you're doing this, you're doing this full time now. We were talking before we started recording here. So you're traveling around all over the country and then you've even been, uh, overseas recently but you're in your car driving to cities all over the country and recording these podcasts as you go from the road is that right yeah man so one of the biggest challenges uh, i found trying to do three episodes a week is uh just keeping up with the content and, and you know how hard it is to keep up with the content it's so it's a huge challenge and restaurant owners and operators uh like to be face to face it's just the kind of people we are so uh Basically, I, I realized that if I really want to make an impact, if I, if I really want to connect with these people on a different level, on a different plane, you know, I've got to go face to face, knock on doors. And if you really want to get quality people, that is, people respect or re- respond better to you showing up in, in person and asking. You know, it, an email or, or, or a voicemail is too easy to ignore. So if I wanted to really start getting ahead and sticking with three episodes a week, I knew that I was going to have to record like, six or nine episodes a week to get that cushion of content so I could then uh, redirect my attention to work on other projects and to try to grow this community that I'm trying to develop right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're, so you've been, you, you go like when you go to a city, you've got restaurants, you know, I mean, how do you figure out, I guess, other than you, is a lot of it now from referrals, you interview restaurant owner, and he or she says, okay, yeah, I've got two or three other people that, you know, I'll call or whatever. Is that where you're getting most of those now? Yeah, uh, referrals, but a lot of it, when I first got started, I was looking at, like, James Beard nom- nominees and winners and uh, things like Thrillist or Eater and just trying to find uh, people that were out there that were getting certain accolades. And it was a lot of, like, research. Now it's more about uh, referral. And uh, what I'll do is I'll get somebody on the show or I'll go into a city and I'll just talk to people in that community and say, who has the most respect? Like in your, in your city, who represents the restaurant scene well? And I'm more interested in what other people in the, in the industry are saying, because I mean, anybody that has deep pockets can hire a publicist to get out there and generate good buzz about the business. I Mm. mean, that's, 
the world we live in today. We've got to be kind of skeptical of what we see online. I'd rather go talk to the people who are respected who, and ask them who they respect. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we want to have a transparent, organic uh, resource of just people within the industry sharing knowledge, uh, and that's what the podcast is about. The mission of the podcast is to inspire, empower, and transform individuals in ultimately the industry by going to those who should be made an example of and getting an idea of what their values are, who they are, because I believe before you can do, you must be. And what we're really trying to do at Restaurant Unstoppable is teach people how to how to be. And you can only do that by going to those who are, right, and finding out what makes them who they are, getting at the core of who they are. And I'd rather get referrals from people who know the character of that person. I could care less what Eater wrote about them or what Thrillist wrote about them. I want to know who they are, and I think the best way to get to who these people are is by asking around their community. Word of mouth, man. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. So you're you're approaching 500 episodes, man. You, you've really uh, put your tail into this thing, and I highly respect what you've done because, I mean, we're fortunate to have, you know, around 7,000 restaurant customers at Schedulefly, so it's it's a lot easier to... Uh, get two people that are already, you know, your customers. But then again, it's still really hard. I mean, they're busy. Yeah. So you're interviewing independent restaurant owners. This is These are people that at any given moment, which has happened to me, I'm sure it must have happened to you, you know, you got something scheduled and all of a sudden there's a fire and they, oh, they got to put that out. They don't have time for a podcast episode right now because something just happened. Somebody just quit or, you know, the freezer broke or whatever it is. And they're, they're, they are pulled in so many directions. So to be able to get that many people to commit time to you uh, is, is really an accomplishment, man. I, I tip my hat. It's, it's fantastic. Um, Thank you. What, what, um, what is it about independent restaurants that, that you really admire or independent restaurant owners? Whew, that's a loaded question. Um, I think a lot of people, how do I even come at this with an answer? I think a lot of people uh, have different definitions of what success looks like. And what I've noticed is the independent operator, their definition of success is doing what they love and uh, making a, uh, an impact, making a, a difference, right? And not just like in their community and the people that they're working with. It's, it's a, it's much easier to be transformative than it. In a, it, let me say that again. It's much easier to be transformative in a small operation than it is in a big operation. What I mean by transformative is, it's easier to change the lives of people that you come into contact with. In a big corporation, a franchise, uh, it's very transactional. Uh, you're you're basically just paying people to do a job, and I'm making a lot of assumptions here, but this is just the, my gut feeling. Uh, we need to to move into a direction in society where we're, where we are more transformative, where there's much better relationships. I feel like our our culture in general, the American culture has taken a hit on genuine, true, transformative relationships, and I think we need to move back in that direction. Uh, And I'm not saying that uh, corporations are evil. There are some great corporations out there, but it's really hard to be human at a level of, you know, when when you have thousands of employees. What makes us human is our relationships, and we can only handle about 150 max relationships in our lives. After Beyond that, it just becomes transactional. So the bigger you get, the more transactional you get. And I just don't want to support a world like that. I don't like the way that world looks. I want to put the knowledge and power back in the hands of the independents. And the way we do that is by sharing knowledge. If we're going to compete against these big corporations. We got to learn about, you know, we got to share this knowledge. We got to work together. It's no more me versus you. It's us, you know? 
Yeah, I hear you, man. And independent restaurants certainly uh, personify a lot of that. Um, it, a lot of them do. Some of them start as independents, and then they grow to two and four and six and eight and ten, and they, they really have a, a high growth trajectory. But yeah. do, do you typically find that most of the people you interview are, are happy with one or two or three locations, and that's you know they're not trying to go take over the world? They're just trying to do something meaningful in their community? Is that? I think most big operations start out, like Hard Rock is a great example of that. Uh, you know, they started out small and they were had an incredible culture. They were doing amazing things. But I think naturally what business owners think is like the next evolution is get bigger, get bigger. Like we got to grow this thing. We can make more money. We can get bigger and bigger and bigger. But as you start growing, eventually to, to keep things uh, on course, you need things like systems, processes, procedures, protocols to operate a big behemoth like that. The thing is, Humans aren't hardwired to operate. You can't fit square holes into round or square pegs into round holes. You know, like we are hardwired to to be creative, to feel like we're contributing, to to feel like we're growing personally, to feel like we're in big operations. Like you, you're you're putting into a system, right? And it's very hard to be human in those big systems. Uh, in smaller operations, it, it's much easier to get a sense of autonomy, of a sense like your word matters like you're contributing and it feeds into our higher needs. Uh, and I mean, I, I can't remember how we got down this path. I think, uh, what was the original question? I'm all over the place, man. I'm used no, to asking the questions on Instagram. No, it's awesome. <laughs> By the way, you're going to be a great restaurant operator one day. I can already tell or a restaurant owner, but, uh, well, I was just asking if, if most of the people that you interview, like the balance of how many oh, feel that way oh, and that. how many are trying to, because it is a, you know, a lot of them, that's their initial object. I want to have my own place, do something great in the community. But over time you go, okay, well now I have this other idea or I want to open the second location. And the next thing you know, you start seeing the value or the, the uh, results of growth. And then some of them wind yeah, up with, yeah. you know, wanted, they want to take over the, you know, they, they want to be big. They want to have the next hard rock or whatever. You can grow, but I think it takes a, uh, the vertical integration is what Ari Weinswag from Zingerman's calls it. It's they had that opportunity. Uh, so Zingerman's uh, delicatessen located in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I'm sure you're familiar with them. Uh, they had this opportunity to franchise, to to go corporate, and to create uh, Zingerman's delicatessens around the country. But the founders decided not to because they realized that what made them special was the human element, mm-hmm. the, the, the certain characteristics. The, the things that made them or allowed them to make an impact, like culture, like uh, relationships. Uh, and you can't do that on a big scale. So they chose to be small and they chose to go inward. And I think that's where we, big, these operators think about growth as external, outward, but real growth comes from inward. When you get to a certain point of success, if you really want to be successful, if you really want to be happy, it comes, the, the next level is inward growth, personal growth. How can we do this thing that's already awesome, how can we do it better? Yeah. You know, how can we take that to the next level? And that comes from developing your people, uh, getting clarity on your core values, uh, creating a mission that it goes beyond just serving your people that are right next to you, but serving the community, and really making an impact in your uh, in your community. Uh, Ari Weinswag, he calls it, like I said, vertical growth. I like to think of it as like inward growth, going deeper instead of going out. We think of growth, we think of like, like reaching outward, right? Going outward. But like it, 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 what happens is when you put that energy that if you put that energy that you would put going outward, put, put it back into going inward, you start developing your people. Now you have all these incredible people around you that are eventually going to go off and do their own thing. Right. 
But instead of letting them go off and do their own thing, invest in them. What is the thing you want to do? Be my partner. Like, you have my values. You have our systems. You, you, you have it all. Uh, why don't we just invest in this person? And instead of creating another uh, duplicate, you create a whole new concept, right? People need a sense of autonomy. People need to feel like they're creating something new and create. Like, people need to create. That's what we do. Yeah. So when you, you like, you need to, like, you need to feed into that. Uh, you need to attract onto yourself great people, and you do that by giving them opportunities. Uh, I don't know if I went way off course with that. Nah, but, dude. No, no. I love it. I, I get, love you it. You wind me up. I just keep going. I can I'm, tell. Well, listen, man, your, your, your natural <laughs> passion and enthusiasm for this comes across. This is why you're good at what you do. What, um, well, let me ask you this. What has been, it, you may not be able to think of one off the top of your head because you've got almost 500, but is there, are there, is there any particular story that you've come across over the years of doing this that really stands out um, as just meaningful or memorable or surprising or just something that really wowed you, somebody's story? Not There's one quote that, that comes to mind often uh and I think it just embodies what it takes to be successful in this industry. It's not necessarily a story, but I had Octavio, or sorry, Octavio Mantilla on the show. Um, I have, many people haven't heard the name Octavio Mantilla, but he's behind uh, or was behind one of the biggest restaurant groups in the country, uh, Besh Restaurants. Uh, I'm sure you've heard the name Besh, um, John Besh. Uh, maybe didn't get some good press recently, but anyway, before that, they had this huge restaurant group out of Louisiana, Besh Restaurants. Uh, but Octavio Mantilla is the man behind the scenes. He's the director of operations. And he, his quote to me was, you can accomplish anything in life if you don't mind who gets the credit. Mm. And I think that's the mentality that successful restaurateurs have. They know that their success isn't about their own personal success. It's about how many other people they can make successful. Mm-hmm. How many other people can I help achieve self-actualization how and achieve their goals in life and develop these people and if if you let them get that limelight if you let them get that sense of autonomy and you put these people in the right lanes and you're all about everybody else and if that becomes your your driving forces just making opportunity and creating a better people in the world like you can go so far and you, if you don't mind who gets the credit you can accomplish anything in life that has stuck with me for a long time Totally agree. That's a great quote. Um, and, and absolutely right. <laughs> it, it takes yeah. a long time. Typically you're learning that at a young age, which is great, man. It takes a long time for people to, to, uh, typically to realize that, but yeah, that's a good, that's a good thing. Do you find that most of the people you've spoken to share that trait? Uh, a lot of them do. And yeah. I think that's why I'm speaking to them because they're successful and they realize that, uh, it's not about me. It's about my my job as a leader, as a restaurateur, is about putting everybody else first. You know, right. taking care of my people. Ultimately, at the end of the day, right now, especially, what's going to separate the good restaurants from the great restaurants is your ability to attract onto yourself incredible people, and you attract onto yourself incredible people by being incredible. Uh, and you're you are incredible by taking care of other people, right? It's like it go, like what goes around comes around. Uh, when you make it about other people, uh, they make it about you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but first you got to give before you get. So if you have that mentality of giving and giving and giving and giving, eventually it's a natural order. Like if you if you exhale out, right, the next natural order is to take in, right. So, but first you got to exhale out. 
to get to the point where you can take in. So it's that natural order, uh, but you, you got to have that give first mentality, and the, the kind of the natural order takes out takes over after that. Love it, man. Love it. You know when um, I'm curious about something because when I started doing interviews, um, really we started it with the first restaurant owners on court book, and I thought, okay, I'm going to go interview 20 restaurant owners, and there's going to be these like several common threads that they all share you know they do some things differently but they all do this this and this um but boy that was not the case i found that there are so <laughs> many paths to success and that that seems to be and we did we did the second book too and it, it you know once again i i wasn't surprised as much that time that I, i've not been able to find any real clear common threads although i will say you've interviewed a whole lot more people than i have and you've you know this is what you're doing full time and I'm curious if you've you've come across things that you see that are that seem to be common threads across all of these owners that you've interviewed. I think one of the most common threads is that they're all just great people. At the end of the day, yeah, you you can't attract onto yourself. You can't you want to attract onto yourself people that are uh, better than you, right? Uh, like people, you know, attract onto each other. So if you want to attract onto yourself incredible people, you like I said before, you really it, it starts with personal growth. It starts with you becoming the best version of yourself, uh, and then naturally the natural order, great people will come under your wing. Uh, but one other, you know, I agree with you. Whenever I think I have it figured out, like I meet somebody who's extremely successful, and the way they got to where they are uh, is, is completely different. I mean, there's. What's the expression? There's a thousand ways to skin a cat. Is yeah. that how it goes? Yeah. Like, there's, you know, I live in New Hampshire. There's a thousand ways to get to California, San Francisco, you know? Like, there's a million ways to get from here to there. Um, I think the most common way is by living intentionally and having goals and uh, having a vision, right? And knowing what you want and living every day to get closer to that thing. I've noticed a lot of the people I interview know where they're going and they live with intention and they're not being reactive to the world. They're being proactive. They, they they don't let the world happen to them. They happen to the world. Mm. They know where they're going. The other thing I've noticed, and this is a, a, this one hits close to home because I just published an episode this morning with uh, Francesco Butoni uh, of, I uh, should probably know the name of this restaurant, but I record way too many episodes and it all kind of bleeds, bleeds together. But uh, long story short, uh, he didn't have an uh, ultimate vision. He didn't have really any goals. But what he did have is clarity on who he was and what mattered to him. Mm. So as opportunities, so he was a great person with skill, and opportunities would come to him because he had a lot of value to provide to the world, but he was very selective on you know what he would accept and what he wouldn't accept. So he let his, his values and his, and his uh, non-negotiables guide him. So he didn't have a vision, but he knew who he was and he was true to himself. So I think those two things are very important, but if you have both of those things, that's a recipe for like, look out! I'm coming! I'm unstoppable! I hear like, you, man. That's, that's the good stuff right there. Where are you taking this, man? Are we going to get a book out of this? Are we? Is it? What's What's the? You you? I bet you have a good, clear understanding of where you want to go with this. So, you mind sharing that? <laughs> I wish I had a better, uh, clear. I mean, I have a lot of ideas, and uh, ultimately, when I you know when I started this podcast, the the mission was to to open my own restaurant someday. Uh, and I realized how naive I was in the beginning. You know, hmm. uh, if anything, I haven't, it, 
doing these episodes hasn't talked me out of wanting to open a restaurant, but I'm in no rush to do it. Like, there's a lot of things I need to get in place before that happens. Uh, for example, cash flow, uh, a team of people to surround myself with. Uh, I'm a space cadet, dude. Like, I, I know myself well enough now and know, know enough about what it takes to be successful in this industry to know that I need to surround myself with people who are strong where I'm weak. And I have some people on my radar, but I don't have the cash flow yet to back it up. So I think ultimately what I want to – like the big vision right now is just continue to work on Restaurant Unstoppable. That's another point. I love what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, and there's so much potential with what I'm doing. Uh, I would never want to give this up. So it would have to get to the point where I, I can do both, which means I need to hire people on my team. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, I got a lot of work ahead of me, but I'm excited for it. Ultimately, yes, I do want to open restaurants, but I'm going to do it in a way where it's, you know, one thing I've noticed is, is these great successful restaurateurs, what makes them successful is their ability to, to see talent in other people. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned earlier, and make it about other people. So I would like to get to the point where I can make it about other people and see talent in people and say, hey, let me invest in your vision. What is it? I think that would be a cool direction to go in, uh, maybe someday. Uh, but right now, my focus is just building this community uh, and making this network of incredible people uh, that know the value and sharing knowledge. And hopefully, you know, if I continue to, to focus on building this community, I can uh, get to that point where, you know, I'm, I'm taking on other projects. As, as far as a book goes, uh, I've had people have asked me why I haven't written a book, honestly, because I feel like nothing that I could give the world right now hasn't already been said. And I don't want to create another book that tells you that it's important to have a vision, core values, and a mission statement. Mm. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, when I get to the point where I have some original ideas and I can compound off of what's already been done, then I think I'll write a book. Uh, I have some ideas now, but uh, I, I still think that they're, uh, they're they're coming into vision, and I haven't quite connected all my ideas. So maybe in the future, uh, when I'm not re- when I have some help recording three episodes a week, too, that's another variable. It's hard to take on other projects right now. <laughs> Dude, totally. I, I totally understand. Well, let me ask you, this is a little bit of a slight change of direction, but um, you mentioned something at the top of the podcast I'm curious about because I think a lot of people that work in restaurants are facing this. Uh, you know, you you had a lot of student loan debt, um, which, which, can be, which can be very limiting, um, and it, it creates a lot of challenges. So, what advice do you have to people that are listening that maybe work in restaurants that are going, you know, gosh, I'm, I have all this debt. I don't really have a lot of options out here. What, what are some of the just general life advice kind of approaches or philosophies that you, because I can see them. I know what they are. I can tell you what I think they are that you've done, but I'm just curious what you would have to say about that. The first piece of advice would be if you want to work in the restaurant industry and it's not too late, don't go to college. Uh, <laughs> yep. Maybe that's not like a lot of people wouldn't agree to that, but here's the thing. Uh, you don't need a college degree to be successful in this industry. And what you do need is experience. What you do need is, uh, emotional and social intelligence. Uh, and there's nothing that you can't do in this industry working, uh, with incredible mentors that you can't accomplish in a, you know, you can do more than getting hands on experience than you could ever do getting a culinary degree. So if you're really passionate about this industry first, go work in the industry and go surround yourself with incredible business people and then ask questions, uh, pick their mind uh, and serve them. If you serve these people, they'll serve you back and, and get out there and just experience as much as possible and find out what really 
what you love. Go find your passion before you start investing money in it. Because you don't know who the hell you are when you're 17, 18, 19 years old. You're figuring that stuff out. Uh, get paid to figure that out. Don't pay money to figure that out. Uh, that would be my first piece of advice. If you have the debt, keep your liabilities as low as possible. Uh, you know, pay off that debt as low as possible. You don't need all these things society tells you you need. Uh, what you need is freedom, especially in this industry, because the best thing you can do is, is be mobile in this industry and get out there and travel and go stage and go go experience the world. You can't do that with debt. So get get rid of that debt as fast as possible. Don't buy a nice car. Don't get a big home. Keep your expenses as low as possible. Get rid of that debt. Uh, and, you know, while you're still young, work 80 hours a week because, you know, work overtime. Like, for, like forget about, you know, we need people in our lives, right? But forget about the partying, the, the all this stuff. You have plenty of time for that later if you work hard now. Great advice, man. Well, that's pretty much what I was thinking you were going to say. So you nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. You've got to really, you're, you're wise ahead of your years, Eric. So, um, and uh, I wish I was this wise when I was 17 years old going into my freshman yeah, year. Nobody is. Nobody is. <laughs> the student loan debt's just a big deal, I think. I just, it's personal. It's just a personal hot button for me. I, I feel like I've got three kids and that's a whole other episode. Dude. Yeah, it really is. No, it sure is. I just know it's something a lot of people in restaurants face. I mean, they wind up wind up there a lot of times because they have debt and they, you know, they get out of college with a degree that is may not be real useful in today's economy and so now they're working in a restaurant and they're going, "What am I going to well, do?" Think of, um, yeah, think of it this way. I mean, the the the, the industry is starved for backup house help right now. And if you have a skill and a, a, if you're a person of value, you can travel the world. You can take that skill. That that skill is a ticket around the world. Mm. If you keep your liabilities low and you have no expenses, you don't have a car, you don't have anything tying you down, you can literally see the world. And your your skill, your 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 ability in the kitchen will be your ticket around the world. And you'll learn so much. You'll grow your network. That's if I could go back in time, I would I would just go work for free everywhere around the world and have no liabilities yeah and grow your network and grow your skill set and and not have you know i mean what we have a lot of us have you know at an early age a young age is a little bit of entitlement um particularly frankly i think if you've been to college yeah i've earned you know i worked hard i've earned a degree and and uh, i've got this debt but I, i've earned a, a good job and and what what really in rest particularly in restaurants i know a lot of restauranters say this to me i'm sure they say it to you is things have you know are just so different now because as, as dave query at big red f said he said you know when i came up you had to earn your stripes and he said now we hire people and they're looking on day one like where's my stripes and uh uh that's not the mentality you need to take if you if you really want to be successful the sooner you learn that the better off you are when you agree yeah i absolutely i think you mentioned something though that i think is a double-edged sword which is entitlement I think 100%, yes, I agree with you. A lot of people, they go to culinary school and they feel like they're entitled to the title chef or whatever. But another good thing that's coming from this new generation of, of young professionals in the opposite sense with entitlement is that they, you can't, can I say shit? <laughs> is that allowed? <laughs> sure. <laughs> you, can't, you can't bullshit these kids today yeah. because they're, they're educated and they, they grew up with the world of knowledge in their lap and in, in an iPad or an iPhone. Like, you, you can't bullshit them, and they're entitled because they know what their rights are. They know what they can get away with, and they know, which is a good thing. And I think that's why you're seeing so much change in the industry right now, yeah. positive change, uh, people respecting one another. You, you can't throw 
cast iron pans anymore at your employees. That's a good, totally. good thing. And and it's because people, they know their rights. They know what what you can and can't get away with. And if they're not sure, they'll look it up and they'll have the answer in five minutes. So this is a good thing. Um, it, 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 people, on the flip side, people also realize, yes, you do have to earn your stripes. And that comes down to culture and value. And, and that's, a, I think, a further overarching issue with society is our, we have an issue with our culture, which is why we need more independent restaurant operators teaching these people, giving these kids values, and, you know, and, and make you don't have to pay for an education. You can go get one for free by working for incredible people. So, I don't know. Love it, you man. You get values that way, too. Totally agree. From all over the place. It's fantastic, Eric. Um, anything else you wanted to wrap about, man, before, before, we, before you roll? Oh, anything else I want to wrap about before we roll? Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a restaurant owner uh, and you're thinking to yourself, there's no good people out there. Um, there are a lot of good people out there. Um, they're hard to come by right now. It's, it's real tough. But if you want to attract onto yourself great people, uh, you, you've got to become great yourself. So uh, look inward, uh, personal growth, educate yourself, uh, take care of yourself exercise, meditate, uh, be, be mindful of the energy you're putting out there in the world. If you're negative, if you're upset, if you're depressed, if you're miserable, those are the people you're going to attract onto yourself. So really be mindful, be aware of who you are, what you're putting out into the universe, because that's what you're going to get back. Love it, man. That's a, that's a great closing thought. Uh, completely agree. You've got a, a really wise way about you and uh and a really good cool philosophical way of looking at things eric so dude i appreciate you uh coming on folks uh thank you for listening definitely go check out well where do they find you tell us where we find you yeah so uh you can just google search restaurant podcast uh i shouldn't last time i checked it was the number one search result hopefully it's still up there uh, if it's not, let me know. I'll have to work harder. Maybe go to five episodes a week. Uh, or you can just uh, go to restaurantunstoppable.com. My social handle is Eric Cacciatore. That's E-R-I-C-C-A-C-C-I-A-T-O-R-E. Cacciatore, just like the chicken. Uh, or find me on iTunes. Um, and, uh, yeah, thanks. This is a blast. I appreciate your time. Oh, man, thank you very much for doing this, Eric. And just thank you for inspiring us and inspiring a lot of people. And, working hard for a great cause and uh, pouring yourself into it, man. Your passion, your enthusiasm, your work ethic, your phil- philosophies are all just uh, something I really admire a lot, and I know everybody listening will feel the same. Uh, folks, thank you. Go check out Restaurant Unstoppable. And by the way, um, if, you, if you're if you subscribing to Restaurant Owners on Court, make sure to and do this for both these podcasts. Uh, make sure to subscribe, and uh, if you like what you're hearing, knock out a five-star rating we, we both love it i know uh it's a good way to uh help more people know about it so uh thank you eric thank you everybody for listening and we will have another episode again soon i'm will and i'm out